from the host that brought you to Coding Westworld. And Westworld the Recapables. Comes the Ringer Prestige TV podcast on Westworld. I'm Joanna Robinson. I'm Danny Heifetz. And I'm David Shoemaker. Welcome to Westworld Season 4 and the Prestige TV Podcast feed, where we're going to break down every episode of Westworld Season 4. Every Monday, the day after the show comes out on the Prestige TV Podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, but get them on Spotify. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Who elected you, Vanya? It's, uh, Victor. Who's Victor? I am. It's who I've always been. Hello! And welcome into the Ringerverse! The Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. Welcome! Welcome back to the Mint Edition. I'm your host, Stephen Allman, senior producer at The Ringer. Joining me today, as always, on your social content, explainer of the Midnight Boys. You can stand under his umbrella. It's Show Me a Dinner on. Oh my God. So there's a lot of singing. We're doing a lot of singing. There were too the many Rainbow puns Boys. for the Umbrella Academy that I could think of, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to sing a Rihanna mm-hmm. song. Dude, we're in person. It's weird. I'm standing right in front of you, I'm looking at you in mm-hmm. the face. We're broadcasting from a telephone booth in the Spotify studios. Mm-hmm. Kerm is inches from both of our faces. It's looking good, too. He's great. Looking good. The haircut, bro, I see it. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's good. It's incredible to be in the studio with you, buddy. How dude, are you feeling? It's so awesome, dude. I've got a, I've got a Pellegrino. It, Pelly, Pelly's on deck, and we're ready to pod. We're ready to pod about something that we've been kind of excited for for a little bit. Dog, I was really excited when we were like, let's do Umbrella Academy. I was like, I'm here. Let's I, I get mean, it. You are here, but now we're actually ready. But once again, we want to thank everybody who has been listening to us for these first two episodes. We really enjoy the good feedback that we've been getting on the Lightyear episode, and we can't wait to give you guys more. But before we get into everything, some programming reminders. Tomorrow, that's Monday, we'll have another House of Midnight covering the boys. We'll finally figure out What's been going on with Herogasm? I hear that's supposed to be a really big uh, something. It's the Red Wedding of the Boys, what I've been told. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Right. The case is still out. Wednesday, the Midnight Boys will return. And Thursday, Joanna and Mal will be talking about the fourth episode of Miss Marvel. Watch that show. It's delightful. I don't know why more people aren't watching it. But on today's show, the Academy is back open. And we fight the apocalypse once more along with some family drama as we take a look at the Umbrella Academy Season 3. But first, keep in mind our friendly neighborhood Ringerverse spoiler warning. 
for all the seasons of the Umbrella Academy, even a little bit of the comics, including season three. That's right, we're talking about all of season three of the Umbrella Academy. All 10 episodes, so be sure to have caught every single one and then come back to us. Jomi, are you ready to go? I'm as ready as Luther was to go see Sloan the first time after they met. That's pretty ready. I mean, that's, that's pretty freaking he's ready. Had, he's had some time to prepare. But before we look to the present, we must look back at seasons one and two of the Umbrella Academy. Jomi, what did you like? What did you not like? What were your thoughts on these first two seasons of Umbrella Academy before we get into season three? Well, I really, really enjoyed the first season. Second season less so, even though I did like it. What really captured me in season one was that dance sequence <laughs> in the first few episodes. <laughs> so when good. They're all in the house and they're all dancing to the same song, but like differently. You know, I was like, oh, this show's different. Like, like there's no other show where like even attempt to do this. Like, I'm tapped in. Let's see. And while season two, like I said, like didn't hit the same for me, I still like really rock because I I really enjoy these seeing these characters figure out their problems and you know, showcase their personalities, you know? So when season three was announced, I was like, let's get it, bro. I'm here. I was familiar with the Umbrella Academy when Gerard Way came out of, of, of a one My Chemical Romance. See, I didn't know that. Quick takes on <laughs> My Chemical Romance. Quick aside, uh, we dig My Chemical Romance here on this pod, correct? So see, see, we dig. See, Steve, you know. The word seminal better be coming out of your mouth. Right here's now. what I'm going to say. We grew up, we, we clearly grew up differently. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, okay. Right. You know, my black parade, you know, wasn't on, you know, it wasn't hitting on, you know what I'm saying, on uh on 106. My black parade? You know Is that what it's called? That's it's welcome like... to the black parade. Oh, you know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? All different. Right, Joe, Joe it's my okay, it's my black bias. parade is very different. It's not biased. I'm just saying, like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't outside from my camera rooms like that. Okay, okay. That being said, though, yes. Bangers. All right. Well, they got when, hits. When I was a young boy, uh, <laughs> Gerard Way came out with a comic book called Umbrella Academy. And the premise of it basically was, you know, imagine if the X-Men were one family and Professor Charles Xavier was kind of a bad guy with a bit of daddy issues. And lo and behold, we got the Umbrella Academy. I binged seasons one and two in anticipation for this. And I think the best way that I could kind of sum up my thoughts on the Umbrella Academy is that this show does the absolute most. I think this is the like textbook definition of too much dip on the chip. <laughs> and I think for better or worse, it's kind of always been a whirlwind. I've never really regretted watching it, but man, does this show do a lot. I think there are high highs and a little bit of lower lows that come out of both seasons one and two. And I got to say, when it's at its best, it's a great character drama with a little bit of fantasy and superhero elements thrown in. But let's take a look at season three. Jomi, I want to get your first knee-jerk reactions to this entire third season of Umbrella Academy. Did you like it? I did like it. I thought it was an improvement on season two. You know, they, they, they start off... And then you say, you guys didn't like how everybody was separated in the last season. For sure, we got you. We're going to stick everybody in a hotel and make them talk for three episodes right off the bat. Just straight from the jump. I was like, all right, for sure, I'm, I'm in. But over the, the course of the season, 
like I said, seeing the characters interact with each other, seeing them like go back and forth. You know, we have Klaus and Five spend time together, and then it's you know Luther and Sloan, and it's Victor and Allison. Like you know, throwing them all around each other was just a lot of fun this season. I think I think a lot of people are gonna enjoy it the same way I did in the sense that like seeing everybody interact more over the season is definitely an improvement. And it was really good. It was really enjoyable. I think season three, in sharp contrast to season two, knew exactly what its problems were in the previous season. My biggest problem with season two was that the gang was separated for too long. All of our favorite characters were separated for about a good 75% of the entire season because they went off and did their own thing based on them getting trapped in a different timeline in different times. And... It took them too long to come together and give us that interaction that we actually love to see. And that's where the show hits its stride. Yeah. Season three immediately corrects that by giving us a good three episodes where everybody's in the same place. Before we even get a main uh, world-shattering stakes to kind of set the whole plot in motion for this entire third season, we are established with a lot of good personal back and forth between... Victor, between Klaus, between pretty much everybody that we've grown to love over these past three seasons. And the biggest improvement that I can say is that the show hits its best strides when it establishes better emotional stakes for everybody involved. We'll get into a little bit maybe how there can be a mixed bag with some characters, but I think the best parts of this really hit home. Uh, When this show is performing at its best, what characters are on screen? What's happening? Well, I mean, listen, I'm going to just be keeping a buck with everybody. I am firmly in the Diego hive. That's Diego's my fantastic. That's my, that's my guy, you know? And so whenever he's on screen, whenever he's performing, like I said, every, everybody's at a 10, right? And so, <laughs> like, when he's got it cooking, he's got it cooking. Uh, Klaus as well. Of course, like, everybody loves Klaus. Like, he's probably, like, the most popular character. I want to talk about Klaus because, like, I think that there's never been a... Like, we could talk about shows that have, like, had hits and misses, but there's always usually one character and one person that justifies the show's existence, and I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that that's Klaus for you. Yeah, it's Klaus. Klaus is... I mean, Klaus for everybody, man. He's... Robert Sheenan is so good. Zero notes. So good in this role. Just like from top to bottom, beginning to end. Like there's nothing that he does that he does on screen that I'm like, I didn't like that. I'm like, I love it every I love it every time. I was talking to the great Joanna Robinson a little while back and I was like, I, he can be in a scene with anybody. Anybody. Anybody that that is in this cast, and he elevates whoever he's next to. Mm-hmm. And I think that that like the best parts of this show involve Klaus, and the second only to that is five. Five's great. I, it Five's put. Great. I was telling you this a little bit before. It puts my like thoughts about this actor in question because he's almost too good <laughs> at playing a crotchety old man. He's got to be a terrible human a, being in real life. He, like you must be, <laughs> because it's so easy uh, for me to just be like, "There's you're you're an old man in a twelve year old's body every time," and he's got the old man underbite, and like it's just the, I want to. I want to fix his face with my fist sometimes. Nah. <laughs> He's just so annoying. <laughs> nah, it's great, man. I think one of like the big overall critiques about the show is that like you have these group of kids or you know seven of them and they really don't team up and use their powers like together to fight an evil, right? They did it at the end of season one and the beginning of season two were showing like an alternate path where they all team up and destroy the earth 
and whatnot. And we're sitting there like, okay, that was cool. When do we get that? And while we don't exactly get it this season, like we do see them like team up and use their powers and fight some bad guys together. And it's like, hey man, like exactly. Like this is kind of what this is what we're talking about, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah, when the show's at its best, it's them together, like kicking butt, Brad. It's it's awesome. I after seeing three seasons of this, I, I can easily kind of see the like writing roadmap in my head where it's often structured like a video game each season. You have this like introductory tutorial level where everybody's together and you establish this one big threat and then you basically break everybody off into groups of two or three and go off on these little side missions to figure out their own problems. And then at the end, they have this like boss battle and then a bonus mission come the end where the actual problem is revealed to itself and it happens every single time. Every time. And... I feel like lesser shows wouldn't know what to do with stakes like that after every season because every season there's a thing that's going to end the world every time and they've been at this for three seasons so far and I feel like every time we would be bored by these stakes by now but after this season especially I think it really hits its stride where the emotional weight uh, that is that everybody's carrying throughout this season elevates those stakes in very real ways where often a lot of beats with Reginald Hargreaves can be like repeated for like a lot of to my watching annoyance but like it keeps reinforcing the fact that like sometimes we don't see these characters for quite a while and at times it can be a lot but other times I, I, I genuinely enjoy it I get that part of my you're talking about how you know the story beats you know they mirror each other. Like George Lucas said, it's like poetry. It rhymes. You know, if it rhymes, it's poetry. <laughs> I don't know if you know about this, but one of the great orators of our time, George Lucas, <laughs> once said, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Mm-hmm. No, one of the favorite things that they do in every season is like, like you said, they split up. But then there's like a, every like two or three episodes is like, all right, family meeting. Where's Klaus? Ah, right, where's he's Klaus? Out there he's dead somewhere. now. Uh, ah, where's Five? Ah, he's out. Like, he's like a he's family out of the briefcase meeting. doing some old right? man stuff. There's a family meeting, but like one or two people are missing. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's one of those things that like it's really charming for the show. And we'll talk about a lot of the stuff that we enjoyed in terms of like the moments later, but that's one of the things that happen every season that I'm just like, man, <laughs> like, what's the point of a family meeting if the whole family's not there? Exactly. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So 
to kick off some of the things that I think were very poignant and I think that were very important to note on uh, was the introduction of Victor in episode two. So a little bit of history for the actor Elliot Page. In December of 2020, the actor Elliot Page came out as trans. And this year, the show reflected that reality in his character, Victor, who made a similar announcement to his family in episode two. I'm often taken aback in moments like these where it's a pivotal moment for trans characters to be portrayed in popular culture like this. And I found myself very moved and very touched by how deftly it was handled. And it felt like a big deal because it wasn't that big of a deal. Does that make sense? No, I understand what you're saying. Like, for me, I thought it was, like you said, like really poignant and really incredible how deftly it was handled. It wasn't like the show just said, like, this is what's going on. You know, I'm Victor. And I think the coolest part to me was how everybody in family was like, oh, cool. Right? right. Everybody was just like, okay, for sure. Like, and they just kept it pushing. It wasn't a big deal. We didn't spend like three episodes on it. You know, the last person to know was Luther. Right. And Luther was like, oh, okay, this, this happened. Cool. Yeah. Right. And that's like, that's four episodes in and that's yeah. brushed aside. I, I've, I was, I was so, I was, I was so happy by it because I've, I've been a fan of Elliot's for so long. And to have this introduction, uh, it felt both uh, personal and beautiful to see. And it, it, was, it was really something great. One of the cool things that they did in the comics, they also made, this, they made the same, the same uh, they changed the same, they did the same thing. So, you know, it's now Victor in the comics. And I thought like that was really, that was really awesome because they didn't have to do that. Right. Like that's something that, you know, they could have just left alone, but they decided to let, you know, you know, real life reflect the the books. And I thought like, that's awesome. Like, that's really awesome. So this whole thing has just been like, you know, really well done, really well handled and right. really well done. I and, really, I really liked it. And for a show that deals in timeline, mumbo jumbo, magic, superpowers to know that that moment can be just as real and as human as anything that we've ever seen, that's what makes stuff like this important. And it was probably going to be a cornerstone in, in the highlights of what makes this show great. And with that, uh, I think the second best thing that I could recall from this season really is the journey that Klaus goes on with Reginald Hargreaves. To have this different Reginald from a different timeline who had a good relationship with Sparrow Academy and, again, revealed in the last two episodes for his own nefarious gains, but <laughs> he does a bit of a better job with his kids this time around. I found it very touching when he was, like, encouraging him to tap into his powers and to become the thing that I was afraid you'd be. That was a really kind of beautiful moment for Klaus because he's always been, like, kind of struggling for these past few few seasons to, like, really come into his own. And I've and like, it just, it speaks to how much we love Klaus. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was ultimately tough, like you said, at the end, because, you know, the dad was being shady, like he always is. But for those episodes where they're in the street and he's getting run over and they're, <laughs> you know, being like, he's encouraging him. He's like actually being a good father. Granted, he's killing him like hundreds of times. Hundreds of times, just murdering his son. Right. 
but it's love. Pushing <laughs> him into open traffic. Which, by the way, how busy is that desert road? I mean, you know what I'm saying. People got to people gotta come A lot go of buses somewhere. going across town. Well, how do you think you die fast? You don't die fast. You know, you get hit by a sedan. You probably break a couple bones or something. You might puncture a lung. Right. A bus will take you out. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But nobody's stopping. Nobody's stopping to see if this person getting run over is okay. That is That's a little concerning. That is, yeah, that's kind of concerning. We you think that, like, it. I'd imagine Reginald's just like, yeah, it's, he'll be fine. Just move along. <laughs> yeah, especially in, in, this is like present day time. So, like, no automatic break in. Like, what was no, going on? No, 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 no. That's, the Teslas don't, those, those Teslas are going to be just plowing right through them. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's? Do you think he comes up on those te- Tesla auto detects, or does he just register as a dead person? Oh, he definitely, yeah, he's definitely. That's what it is, right? So he's got cold. He's got a cold body because <laughs> he, you know, can feel the dead. So that's on him. He just exactly got. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But seasons hit good stride. Who were some of your other favorite characters that we saw this season? I love me some Lila. She was del- a delight in season two. I thought she added a great lift you know and a good like fun vibe right. to the show and so to see more of her and to get like her backstory mm-hmm. i thought was really fun and so having her like with the crew and become part of the family was really fun and really awesome so i'm glad that she got more shine this season i just gotta say the sparrow academy are just a bunch of goofballs Duh. like more so than <laughs> like i thought that they couldn't make it weirder but like the Sparrow can be like I don't I'm not gonna say that they suck, but like it's just a weird power set. Oh, uh, definitely some jabronis. Let's be honest, bro. Definitely some jabronis. We're we're gonna get like I think we'll we'll talk about some of our favorite Sparrow Academy members later. But like I, I can we get the Crow Girl? Like she just looks like she's out of the Matrix. Dog, listen, I, listen. I don't know what was going on with Fane. What use do you have? I mean, aside I, from surveillance, I'm going to tell you what she justified her existence when she got insulted and was called a flock of sheagles. <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> Burn. Okay, classic. Well, we've got quite a few good things. Uh, we got one. Dude, we got to talk about Allison. Big bro. bummer. We got to talk about Allison, bro. From this season. Again, uh, friendly neighborhood spoiler warning. We've got a lot to talk about with. I, it's in the document as the Allison problem. Dog. And Allison is a problem this entire season. <laughs> Jesus Christ. For seemingly no good reason. I think before we get to like the major like bad things that she does, I, I just want to get your thoughts about like this whole arc that she has. We've rarely thrown around the term character assassination, but like it's close. It, it I it's, don't. I think it is. It's close. I genuinely think it is. This is like some Barbie Ferreira on, uh, oh my God, what's the show? Euphoria and Euphoria vibe. You forgot Euphoria. This is, this is some Barbie the Ferreira biggest on, show in the world. Well, Euphoria definitely forgot about Barbie Ferreira, yeah, that's and true. it seems that's like yeah, Umbrella Academy fact. forgot that Allison is a hero in this in this show, or is supposed to be, <laughs> because. She's gone. She goes like almost full blown villain here, dude. I mean, you for no good reason. Well, here's the thing: no good reason. I think the show, right? Because she's been through a lot. She lost her daughter at the end of season one, right? Tough. She goes back in time. I don't have my daughter, mm-hmm. right? In season two, she finds her husband. She's moved on, and she loses him at the end of season two, right? So she has been through some things. Some things for a lot of people would crush them and would, you know, make them feel a type of way, right? Here's the thing, right? You've, all that said, and you do want to feel bad, you do want to hurt for that character. None of that justifies what she gets away with. (laughs) And and again, like, it's, 
It's the fact that she falls so far in our eyes and at every turn she has a support system. She has Victor. She has her family. She has mm-hmm. everybody else in the world to rely on and so many people to relate to mm. because all of these things have happened. She's acting like she's the only one who's lost somebody. She's acting like this is the first time this she's ever been lied to. This is the first time <laughs> that there's no possible way to get any of these things back. Yeah. And instead of that, she decides to... She decides to betray the trust of all of her family members, mm-hmm. uh, basically leave Victor by the wayside, mm-hmm. and literally use her powers to sexually assault <sighs> Luther. And there's there's no other way, good way to put it. So in episode five, she is basically like both jealous of Luther and his new relationship, and uh, like upset at the fact that Luther is more more or less rejecting her, and. She, I heard a rumors him to not only stay, but to convince him or to, you know, coerce him into kissing her. Dog, that was so uncomfortable. I, I was genuinely shocked when she made him stay. And I was like, there's no way they're going to do this. There's no way they're going to do this. And then they do. And uh, like, I want to like clear the table and say that this is flat out assault. No, no questions asked. Dog. And. It, it was fucked up to see, and what was more fucked up is that it was more or less unremarked upon for three episodes. <laughs> Not, okay, but when it was remarked upon, she, she was like, hey, Luther, my bad. And it was like, cool. And it kept it pushing. Right. I was like, yo, you should be doing jail time. It's It's not even that. So, like, stuff like that's difficult to see. And, you know. Yeah. It sucked. It sucked. Shows like that, or shows like this, that choose to show assault like this. My motto is, is like, you better know what you're saying after that happens. You better know exactly what needs to happen to uh, both the, both the characters involved and what the message that you're trying to say is here. Uh, unchecked, that message is those powerful people can get away with that stuff, and. Seemingly no consequence comes of it. No consequence, man. And it should become of it. And at the end, she's like with her husband and with their kid and like living her best life. And, and it's listen, like the, the, the fact that those things for any characters, like those are the those are the wants that she has. Those are the things that she those that, that is her goalpost for the end of the season. And if she works towards that with her family and all those things, that's great. She fall, she has a fall from grace, regardless of how you want to portray that. If she makes up for the fact of all of those things and kind of comes to terms with like, no, I don't need to be like this in order to get what I want. It's just so, so bad. It feels like the show hates her because again, the, her portrayal, like, again, like this isn't a, <laughs> this isn't a, we're mad at the actor situation. No, 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 no. Fine portrayal. Not, no, yeah. It's just the fact that like, it feels like the show hates this character now. I, I, I honestly have no answers to like why she would act out and that's that particular moment that specific moment to why she would do that and it's and the, then just keep it pushing it just it just doesn't make sense we can hope mm-hmm. that when we get come back for a potential season four that you know hey we get answers to the questions like hey are you gonna you know get some any comeuppance for that right. or anything like that or is she gonna like you know figure some things out you can only hope but like leaving it like that at the end of season three it was just like I had many Many questions. And then I think the like my final straw with that arc was when 
Allison was back and like chastising Victor in front of everyone to basically do what she says and that she's right. And she does, she, I had, I heard a rumors him and everybody's acting like it's Victor's fault. And five goes to her acting like it's like, he's the one that needs to apologize. Yeah. I'm like, you saw this. It, can't, it it becomes one of the, like the like most cold that I've seen five become, which is kind of, which makes sense for his character. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. Because it, it becomes with one of my favorite bars that he says in that season, which I'll get to it later. But it, it feels so it feels so wrong for the way that it treats Victor in light of how the show absolves Allison of almost all of these sins. And you know what we didn't even talk about. Oh boy! How she killed Harlan? <laughs> killed Harlan <laughs> for she just did that. for no good reason. Oh man! Like yes, uh. she, he killed your guys' mothers, but it's well established that it's an accident. And if you really and like, it just made her so malicious for no good reason. It never sat right with me. It made me mad every time she got away with stuff like this. It was infuriating. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right in the way that. Five goes to Victor and they have that conversation like, hey, don't act alone. And I'm like, dog, but but Allison just went and you know what? Right. For sure. Okay. This is all right. For sure. Allison just going to get away with everything. Sure. She just she going to keep it pushing. Like, fine. All right. Like, yeah, I just had a lot of questions. Easily the biggest argument. bummer of this season and easily something that is going to bring this season as a whole down for me as to whether or not I would want to recommend it or as, you know. As we go along watching it again, it's going to be tough to revisit. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. To know that there are a few other great things that we want to bring to light here. We have a handful of awards that we want to give out for this season of the Umbrella Academy. And we wanted to have some fun with it. So we're going to go top to bottom. What was your favorite needle drop this season, Jomi? We This show, famous for having a colossal music budget <laughs> that's where you know that's where all the um that's where all the money goes that's why you're like man why don't you know what i'm saying where's all the what's the cast where are they getting everybody yeah who are they getting paid everybody getting paid pennies because we got to get this these songs out here it's the, the songs and the cgi budget this show might be <laughs> looking a little bit better than a main named star wars show on a different network but i tell you man it's, wow you're not gonna say it you're yeah. not gonna speak I mean, I just it? did. I think you didn't say it though. You gotta come on now. Don't and where you running from? Don't duck the smoke. I won't say its name, but it rhymes with Shmobi One Shmanomi. Oh jeez. Oh boy. Come on now. Where you running from? Kathleen Kennedy is a big fan. So I know. I understand why. I just you, don't want to. I don't, don't want to put anybody on your phone on blast. Of course, yeah. Okay. You know, she's gonna hit me up. She's gonna be mad at you. Mm-hmm. I can't have She'll that. be mad at me. She won't be mad at you. You're mm-hmm. not gonna say it. I said. Of course it. not. Of course. Of course not. Favorite needle drop of the season, Jomi. Mine is another one bites the dust when they think. They beat the Kugel Blitz. That That's really was fun. fun. It's really fun too because everybody's dance having a good time. And you see Lila, 
You know, she's with five. She's joshing him a little bit. And then she, like, tries to rub his head. And it looks legitimately like, he's They're like, nah. Like, nah, <laughs> it's like, nah, why nah get you off touch me, bro. My- like, nah, you're not, you're not going to little brother me, bro. Nah. It's like, he looks so annoying. So and that's bitter. how he would be. That's how it he is. would be. And the show was great. It was awesome. I, I love, love that. I, uh, my favorite needle drop is Ride With Me by Nelly bumping in Reginald's car <laughs> of all places on the drive Man. to the highway with Klaus. Listen, Reginald is a bad father, but he's a good DJ. I just want to know what his Spotify road playlist is. <laughs> Cause it, like that's an old car. You think he's got Bluetooth in that thing? He got he got Apple he's Play got in that play. thing, bro. Yeah, he got CarPlay in that okay, thing. Okay, you know bro. what? Yeah, he's doing well enough. He can get some custom. He's shit a, in he's there. an actual alien from another. He can planet. hit West Coast Customs and put some some fancy shit. Exactly. In Listen, one of the things I love about the show is that no matter what happens, no matter what the quality, what you think of the quality of the show between seasons, the needle drops always hit. It's very they good. It's always very, very hit. All right, next award, best fit. From Klaus. Best Klaus fit. What do you got? Listen, the green velvet at Luther's wedding, bro. He was, it was, it was, it he was, was stunned on him. Smooth. Okay. He was stunned on that, that brings me to my first question. They're broke at the beginning of this season and mm. seemingly broke through this entire season. The entire not, show. I ain't seen jobs. Any money. <laughs> they pay for, they pay for rooms with a watch. And that seemingly gets them like a two-week stay, which is yeah. nuts. But it's <laughs> It's the fact that they've got such a banging wardrobe mm-hmm. in this timeline for no reason. Yeah. I love it. I love every Listen, second of it. Klaus is a stunner, man. You know what I'm saying? I know he got the closet space. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, hey, what size are you, bro? Come up off that. You know, I think I look better than that anyway. He Bye, hit, bang. He could hit any thrift shop and oh, come out with 10 out of 10 stuff. Exactly. You understand. The man, he's got skills that pay the bills. <laughs> right. All right. My favorite fit is the scuba Sherlock Holmes get up where I think he was diving into a septic tank if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was trying to sink into the house. Yeah, yeah, he was, it, which, which like seemingly he snuck in twice that way to talk to <laughs> Reginald again, which again, fresh as a daisy, completely clean, barely hit the showers. Oh, I mean, come on now. It's, you know, it's an alternate timeline, right? So I'm sure the poops in there smell really nice. You know, you don't got to worry about getting it on your feet or in your hands or in your hair. You know, with the amount of times that Klaus has died, you know what happens when you die, right? No, please. Do you go to is there like a afterlife? No, like, you poop your pants. Oh, oh, oh God. This is, this is the age. This is the age old fact. When you oh. die, you poop your pants. Do you think that he's just he, he's got to have a quick change, right? I'm, I'm sure Kendrick didn't write, didn't rap about this on Rick and Mortis, bro. So I have a, <laughs> no idea. For apparently, when apparently explosive death diarrhea doesn't it doesn't make for good bars, Kendrick. I, come who on. Who would have thought? He is clearly not our savior. <laughs> All right. Best umbrella. Family duo. I mean, I already know where I'm rocking with. It's Diego and Lila, man. Oh, yeah. Pa- parents of the year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know here. what I'm saying? When they let uh, Ashtray, Ashtray get when Ashtray, The fact that that's Ashtray is incredible to me. I'm like, you're talking way too no, much, Ashtray. Like, exactly. was like, <laughs> was like, you have a voice? I was like, oh, I didn't know what he sounded like. <laughs> I don't know why. He sounds like a, like a, like a jaunty young man. It's By great. the way, good, very, very good actor. I mean, we knew good that from, from Euphoria, but... You know, when he's actually allowed to talk, I, I was, was like, like, still rocking with I'm him. waiting for him to just be in a bathtub with a shotgun. Jesus Christ. Uh, he so, he did so shoot somebody. He really did. He I did mean, with shoot. a harpoon. Yeah, I mean. Which was, again, I'm like, come on, kid. You got you to have better trigger discipline. Come no, on. No, be absolutely better. not. My favorite duo is Klaus and Five. I think mm. I, look, when they drove out to find his mother, 
And like they took a stop by the side of the road and yeah. like he was just waxing lyrical about five. And then he's like, okay, now you say some nice things about me. Like that was just like, I love those two together. Yeah. Like he tried to pull over just because he saw a good diner that had a good cup of coffee. Like that's like, I want a whole road trip with those two. <laughs> it's, it's real life buddy cop energy. It's fantastic. Where five is a grizzled veteran and Klaus is the newly minted rookie. And he's like, I'm going to come have a good time at the Not job. You. And five's like, you don't want, you saw what you want. You don't want this life. It's, it's, like, the, it's, it's perfect. You, you can't not have a solid hang when Klaus is around. It's, it, it's, it's perfect. impossible. It's impossible. No. All right. Unexpected bar from five. What words of wisdom did he drop this season that stuck with you? Once is happenstance. Two is coincidence. And three times ain't going to happen because I'm not a gibbering idiot. It's a good one. In the, in the season finale. To Victor, that it's, was that was good. It's like, hey, all right, I, I see the vision. You're not gonna get got a third time. I got by I, pops. I've got an honorable mention that I want to mention first because mm. uh, it's in the same scene uh, that the first one is, but it's with Victor, and he's like, "No more going rogue. If you ever need anything, I'm always here for you. But lie to us again, Victor. I'll kill you myself." That's that's a crazy one. That is it's crazy it's super one. hard. It's super hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my actual award. This is the price of being powerful. Sometimes we step on ants. And the sooner you face that, the safer we'll all be. There's another one from that scene where he's like, "Do you know what you call somebody?" Who acts alone. A hero that listen, operates alone. And that's a villain. Doesn't listen to anybody else. It's a villain. And I was like, ooh, okay. It's the, and it really, and it's stuff like okay. that that really illustrates the fact that like Five's life has been like gone on for centuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's little bits of wisdom like that where you're just like, oh man, like you really are just like an old cynical man that's seen the end of the world yeah. for your whole life. Yeah, man. In in that moment, in that scene, just just eviscerated Victor. It's incredible. It's just, so so so. Like, good. It was whew, it was tough. <laughs> it's tough, but got him. Got All right, him. and our final award, the Diego Dad of the Year moment. What great piece of fatherly advice has he given that just makes him the Dad of the Year? Say, you know, I'm going sentimental with this one. Right when he was like just the entire season of him trying to protect Lila, right? Because he first he thinks that Stanley is his son. So, you know, he's like, hey, we're a family now. Let's, you know, make sure we're all okay. Mm-hmm. Then turns out, oh, Stanley's not my son. He was just <laughs> your friend's son that you brought over here. That's weird. Right. But then when she's like, hey, I'm pregnant, and he turns into like super extra, all right, what is this? You got to make sure. Even I mean locking her in a closet while the world is ending is a little bit, you know, yeah, isn't OD. That a, isn't that it's a little, little duplicitous though? That's a little I mean, too like, much. You took, a, you took like a bit of a trial run being a dad, but you're like, you know what? Now that I just fathered a kid that wasn't mine, I think I'm ready. <laughs> and he was like, That's really being the dad that stepped up and not the stepdad. Yeah, that's 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 true. That's a man who, you know, knows uh know to do the right thing. No, but just him just trying to be like there for Lila in terms of you know, okay, we're having a kid now. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to fight shoot to nail <laughs> to protect you and my unborn child. I was like, I love that, bro. That's, that that's real dad of the year moment on the, you know, it was real, it was real nice. My father of the year award moment goes to 
helping your son hide a body that your son killed <laughs> from your brother. Uh, hiding Klaus's body. I, I, my my parents, when I was like a teenager, uh, knowing that I was going to go into high school and there were likely going to be parties, mm-hmm. kids were drinking. Mm-hmm. They had an agreement with me where they're like, you call us anytime. And if you're either drunk or whatever, no questions asked, you'll get picked up. That's for a lot of stuff. I got a similar story too. I would be like, hey, mom and dad, I want to go to a party. They'd be like, no. <laughs> and that was that. that, was they, didn't that. Ha- you, they didn't have any like, okay, like I'm in like relatively light trouble, but like I just need an out. Like you didn't have any agreements with your parents to be like, no, you are staying in the house. Bro, I was at, bro, I was at the crib, bro. Like when I say like you wasn't outside, bro, I was not, I was literally not outside. This is how you stay out to like 3 a.m. on a Thursday night first at 24 all, years old. First Joey. of all, first and foremost, see, you just mad because you old. That's what it is. I'm just mad because I'm old. Eight. What are you talking about? No, I'm saying hey, 10 30 and like my bones. I have three glasses of wine uh, and I am asleep for nine hours. I heard Steve drink milk before he go to sleep. You gotta get them bones ready. No, no, I can't. Steve I'm gonna drink. take like three lactates before that ever happens. Mm, I do not do that. You know what I'm saying? Steve, Steve still uh, eat a, uh, you know, jello salad. I like a jello salad? Yeah. Steve still put uh, you know, broccoli in that green jello, and that's what you eat, right? Because you an old man. Am I in a hospital? Yeah. Jello salad. Jeez. Steve, Steve eat dinner at 4 30. Oh boy. With the side of pudding. All right. Well, I like it when dads hide bodies. Uh that's my <laughs> <laughs> That's my award for that. And that is our season three awards. Uh, Let's look ahead, Jomi. Season four. This season ends with our gang seemingly losing their powers, going their separate ways off to live their lives. Reggie. Is a titan of industry now, given all of his, all of the buildings he seemingly owns, yeah. and uh, that's where we're left off with. What do we think is going to happen in season four? Well, there's there's a lot. First and foremost, I've been very clear about this. I need to see this elephant pack. I need it. Right. I, I just that's something that we. She's in her own timeline, though. What are the consequences? What's going to happen? That's going to pull her back to her family. We got to figure it out. I I need that pack for her because that's real life nuts. Are you going to be rocking with an Allison solo arc for a whole season? Because I'm going to tell you what, I'm not. Absolutely not. No. For one thing, we gotta we have to fix Luther. They they caboose Luther this season. Uh, I don't know if you guys some reference. Caboose is a character from the popular web series Red versus Blue. And in the first couple seasons, (laughs) spoilers for Red versus Blue. Spoilers for Red versus Blue. Borderline two decades old web series. Very ancient. First premiered, I think, what, 2002, 2003? It's okay. I'm going to spoil all of Homestar Runner after this. Jesus Christ. But in the first couple of seasons, he's like kind of slow, but not like, you know, very dumb. Like he can still get stuff. But in the later seasons, like after like, I want to say like season three, four, his brain just no work. (laughs) So like, I like to call this like the Homer Simpson problem mm-hmm. where if you watch like the first few seasons of home of the simpsons uh homer gets dumber and dumber with each season yeah. where like it gets to be like so like dangerous for his family that like yeah. they had to like reel it back yeah. and it, with how dumb he is mm-hmm. I, like there are some moments where luther i was like did they like give him a child's brain mm-hmm. or something like i like it it made me feel sad it legitimately bummed me out sometimes where he's like not finding the right words to say. And I was yeah. like, I know that they didn't do this before. Nah. Uh, but no, I would love to see Luther live his married life. Yeah. Well, He's retired. He lost, he lost well, the muscle mass, but he got a wife. So well, that's fine. Well, she's gone. So 
Well, I mean, he'll find her. Hopefully. Great. And, um, you know, give Victor more to do, I think. You know, that's a character that, like, we followed through the last, first two seasons, like, heavily. Like, that was our n- North Star of, like, and how we're doing. Rightfully so. He got a lot more to do this season, for sure. But, you know, marginally from season two. Yeah, marginally, right? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we could do some more. But overall, in terms of, like, the entire thing... They've got no powers now, right? So how do they, like, actually live life? You know, we saw beginning of season one, like, what they're doing. But now that they've saved the world three times, now you don't have powers anymore. Right. How do you readjust to life, live right. in a normal life? I Again, I think that this is probably a, a golden opportunity for the show to really take its time. <laughs> like, we go to 11 almost every episode, emotionally, uh, with the stakes, everything. I really want like an episode with one character and what they're doing, just as a baseline. Like, I, like not to say that I want a bottle season, but the fact that like we can only get so much concentrated into one episode mm-hmm. with so many characters. We've had we've had like twelve main characters now, <laughs> in over the course of three seasons. I'm like, uh, let's focus on like five or four. And like, just give me that. Give me Klaus. Give me five. G- g- maybe, maybe sprinkle a little bit of Victor in there. Like, I it's you just want much. a spinoff. You just want a spinoff. I do. I just like just, just say what you want to this, say. This, what you want to a spinoff. This cast begs for a spinoff series, like several. Honestly, <laughs> like I wish it would just be three different shows that occasionally would team up. This is what the Defenders should have been. Okay, well now, you, now you've completely lost it. No, now you've completely no. lost. I'm not it. kidding. If we had a smaller concentration of cast members in like two, maybe three different Umbrella Academy style shows and then they came together for one team-up season? Doesn't that make more, much more sense? No. No? Am I, am I taking crazy pills? You're taking crazy pills, okay. man. I don't see it. All right. The magic of the show is that it goes to 11, right? That you have all these characters intermingling, interacting, splitting up, coming together, back and forth, da-da-da. It might muddle the waters a little bit, but ultimately, like, that's what this show is. If this show didn't go to 11, it wouldn't be an Umbrella Academy. I think the magic of the show is a British chimp on a motorcycle. I think that's where it really hits its stride. Good for them. But agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> All right, Jomi, before we wrap up, would you recommend season three of Umbrella Academy? Yeah, I would say if you've watched the first two seasons that you're in for a treat, there's definitely some stuff that I enjoyed a lot. And I was like, yeah, I see, the, I'm loving this. I see the vision. Let's go. And there was some stuff where I'm like, oh man, I really wish I didn't have eyes to witness this in this moment. This is tough. But overall, I would say it's an improvement on season two. And so that's that's still good content. So go on. Lock in. 10 hours of content. 10 <laughs> hours of TV. Go get it. Yes, Netflix ain't broke. Um, I think, again, I every time that I see this show and every time I watch a whole season, I don't regret seeing it. I think that this is occasionally a mess <laughs> and it's all over the map. Uh, there are some very beautiful moments. There are some pretty good highs. Uh, there are some perilous lows that I did not enjoy at Tough all. Tough stuff. Um, but I think overall that this show is a worthwhile treat at its best. And uh, I would recommend it. Uh, you know, caveat in a couple of cases, but yes, yeah, a, g- a good recommendation from you. And with that, I think that's a wrap on us. Jomi, it's been a pleasure. 
standing under this umbrella. Mm. Ella. A. 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 <laughs> and that's a wrap for us. Now be sure to remember, tomorrow, Monday, we'll have another episode of the House of Midnight covering the boys on Wednesday. Midnight Boys will return for a lot more fun. And on Thursday, Joanna will be joined by Mallory Rubin herself to talk about Miss Marvel. Producer credits were produced in studio, sitting right inches from my face. Jonathan Kerma with additional production from Arjuna Ramgopal. Thank you again so much for listening to us. It might be a little bit before we see you guys again, but be sure to let us know what you'd like to hear from us on the next episode of Mint Edition. We're going to be listening to you, and maybe we'll have a surprise for you along the way. Mm. Jomi, do you have any parting words for us? Yes. Thank you again to our wonderful producer, Jonathan Kerman, a.k.a. Roger Kerman. Spidey! Little Spidey! And as always, thank you for listening. We love you guys. And if you want your Young Justice slash Arcane episode, just keep tagging us. At some point, we, we, we will get to it. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you again very soon. <laughs>